today we're going to be in the book of John, and we're going to be uh, looking at where Jesus said he was the bread of life that came down from heaven. He is life itself. We saw this in John. John's been talking about Jesus being life, and what are we talking about life? Just living? No, we're talking about Zoe, life, the God kind of life, the life that God had intended for man to have, and it was eternal. It was a life that was meant to glorify God. It was a life to live the way God intended for us to live, that we lost because of sin in the Garden of Eden. When Adam and Eve rebelled against God's command and they chose to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, sin and death entered the world, and the image, the image of God was marred because of that decision. And not only that decision, but our own decisions every day that we make, uh, we are not just sinners by nature, but we are sinners by choice. We do deal with sin in our lives every day. And it is because of that Jesus came. He came to redeem us. He came to set us free from our sin. And he is continuing on revealing his glory to uh, the people as we've been reading here in the book of John. We're, we're just now getting in chapter 6. We've been uh, here uh, in John for a few months and we're going to be here probably for a year or so. Because there's so much that John writes in his, in his gospel uh, that we need to take our time through. I don't want to rush. I want to just allow the word of God to speak to you and speak to me and, and the Holy Spirit to enlighten. Let's pray as we get ready to jump in the word. Father, I pray that you speak to our hearts today. That, Lord, that what we hear today, it will transform us. That our hearts will burn within us to want to believe on you, to trust in you, to walk with you to obey you. God, I pray today, those who are watching, those who are here, those who will be listening later, that the Holy Spirit will bring conviction of sin, righteousness, and judgment, that the Holy Spirit will reveal Jesus Christ to them, that their hearts will be transformed, Lord, because your word will do what it was set out to do, Father. I thank you for that. Use me today as I minister your word, God. Holy Spirit, we welcome you now to empower the word of God, that it will not fall on deaf ears, but God, that it will be, when the word is sown, that it will fall on fertile ground, that it will produce 30, 60, 100 times what, what was sown, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So if you have your Bible, turn to John chapter 6. That's where we're going to be this morning. And uh, we're going to start reading in verse 25. And uh, verse 25, actually through 40, but we're not going to get past this, be, uh, past 29 today, I believe, is where we'll end, because there's so much in these words that Jesus speaks, but I just want to uh, just stop at 40 as we read, just to give you, a, remember this is Jesus just finished uh, walking on the water, he's on the other side of the lake now with his disciples, and, and the people were frantic, hey, where did he go? So they get on a boat to get to the other side of the lake to find Jesus because they just had experienced, not, you know, the walking on water was with his disciples, but they had just experienced him feeding 5,000 people with just five loaves and two fish. You know, what a powerful thing they saw. They ate, they were full, and they were like, where is Jesus, you know? Uh, this is amazing. So they're wanting to find him to go see what else he's going to do or hear what else he's going to say. And so here's what it says in verse 25. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? 
Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, uh, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, What must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, What sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the man in the wilderness, as it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. You remember, if you have been a Christian long enough, this is when uh, the children of Israel were, were delivered from the hands of Egypt, and they were in the desert, and God fed them manna. God had given them bread. They, they, the reason it was called manna is because they didn't know what they called it. They said, what, it really translated means, manna means, what is this? And it was basically unleavened bread. It was bread that God, uh, through the mist, created in the morning. And they would have this bread. And so they're, they're saying, hey, our fathers, this was a sign that was done. To, to tell us that Moses was the one that we were to follow. And uh, so Jesus goes on to say, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it was my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of those he has given me, but raised them up in the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in Him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. So, wow, I mean, there's so much to unpack here. There's a lot. Jesus is speaking uh, some important truths to understand about who He is, revealing His glory. Uh, he's, he's declaring to the people and, and one of the first points I want us to look at is that Jesus examines our motives. Look there with me at verse 25 through 27. You see, the people came looking for him. They were looking for Jesus. But Jesus, because he's God and he, he knows what we're thinking, he knows everything about you. The Bible says that God tests the heart. Well, not the beating flesh, but God is testing your heart. God is testing your motives. He is his word actually divides your motivations. It causes you to really see where, why you're doing what you're doing. And he tells them right, flat out, he says, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. See, one of the first things Jesus is, is, is doing, he's examining the motives of the people who came looking for him. He, is being, he, he being God knows the true reason they're looking for him. They were not looking for him because of what? Because of what the signs he was doing. Think about it. We've been reading the book of John. What are some of the signs he's been doing? 
He healed a guy that was paralyzed at the pool for over 38 years of his life. He, he was an uh, uh, invalid person. He couldn't get, you know, he had no strength. Jesus heals him. Jesus turned water into wine. We're seeing miraculous signs occurring that Jesus is doing. And he, we just saw him feed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. So Jesus, it says to them, hey, look, I'm, you're not looking for me because of the signs you saw. You're looking for me because you ate loaves and, and had your, full, your fill. And Jesus, uh, it's interesting that he says that they were not looking for him because of the signs they saw. You know, God is also going to judge your motives. Why are you here today? Why are you here? Are you here because obviously you live in my home and as a father I expect you to be here? Or are you here because you want to know him? Because you belong to him. And because you belong to him, you want to be with God's people. And because God's people are together, the Bible says where two or three are gathered, there he is in the midst of them. What is your motivation? What is waking you up on this Sunday morning? What has caused you to be here? And God is saying, well, you, or you ain't come because of me. You came for other reasons, but God is going to use those other reasons to bring you to his attention. To bring you to the right motivation. See, God isn't saying that to you because he's mad at you. He's telling you that so you can wake up and know that he knows why you're here and he knows what you're looking for. But he's going to change that motivation. He's going to have you see something differently than when you came. And that hopefully, because of that, your motives begin to change of why you come to him. And uh, it's interesting that the word he says to them, you didn't come because of the signs you saw. You know, think about it. Would you have, I mean, if you saw 5,000 people fed with five loaves and two fish, what would you do? You wouldn't be like, oh, that's common. No, that's not common. I mean, if we were standing right here and, and we had no food and all of a sudden we look and Pastor Danny's preaching this message and all of a sudden there are 5,000 people waiting out here to eat something. And all we had in here was those, those wonderful food, the uh, uh, tortillas and all that that my wife just made, all that wonderful stuff for us to eat lunch. If that's all we had, that wouldn't go far. Naturally, it wouldn't go far. But in Jesus' hands, your little bit can do much more because he's the God of miracles. Because he's, he, what's impossible with us is possible with God. Okay? And so... This is important. He says, you didn't come because of the signs. See, signs uh, in the Greek means of miracles. Uh, and, and what he's talking about here, he's talking about of miracles and wonders by which God authenticates the men sent by him or by which, mean prove, which, uh, by which men prove that the cause they are pleading is God's. In other words, the fact that Jesus was doing these signs were showing that he was from God. Do you remember uh, when Jesus met with Nicodemus in chapter 3, he came that night to him. And what did Nicodemus say about Jesus? He said, I know you're from God because no one can do the things that you're doing. Maybe you forgot that. But that's what Nicodemus said. He was a teacher of the law. He knew that God had to be with, the, with this man, Jesus, because he was doing things that only God can do. And it's interesting that Jesus says, I, I just can't believe it. I'm thinking to myself, 
Maybe, maybe I'm being hard and maybe I'm not thinking. I'm thinking to myself, if I saw a miracle like that, I wouldn't be going so I can eat food again. I'd be going because, man, this man has got to be from God. Look what he's doing. I need to listen to what he has to say. I want to hear from the Lord. I want to know what he has to say. If you remember in John chapter 2, you may not, but I hope you will remember when I read this to you. In John chapter 2, this is what John writes. And to me, uh, as I've been studying John and I've been reading the book of John for many years in my life and as a Christian, and for some reason, this particular verse jumped out at me and gave me the theme of this book. And there are lots of things that John says, but I really feel, uh, excuse me, I really believe according to what I'm seeing here, as I look at this statement, as we keep going through the book, we start to see this very theme being revealed. And it is this. This is what he said in John chapter 2, verse 11 about this, about Jesus. Said, what Jesus did here in Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. What stands out to me that the things, the signs that Jesus was doing was revealing his glory to people. And as we're walking through the Gospels, Jesus is revealing who he is. I mean, if, if the signs and wonders by which God is doing is authenticating that he is from God, we better pay attention. See, the signs you were performing revealed, was revealing to the people who he was. When, when we read the, the signs that Jesus was doing, and Jesus does, uh, uh, that Jesus does, and the signs he will do in our lives today, it should cause us to believe in him. When you see and you ask God in prayer for something in your life that you know that God is the only one that can move on your behalf, the only one that can get you through that situation, the only one that is able to answer that prayer, and you see God work on your behalf, it ought to cause you to believe on him. And if we do not have this reaction after Jesus has done a miracle in our lives, then we have missed the meeting and our motivation for seeking him is misguided. And so if you and I are, are people, oh, I want to see a sign, I want to see a wonder, and I want to see this, and I want to see that, and if all of what you want to see does not lead you to him, you're misguided. You're out of touch with the Lord. You're out, of, you're out of step with the Spirit. You're seeking after signs and wonders. No, no, no. The Bible calls believers to seek Him, to know Him, for this is eternal life, knowing Jesus Christ, whom God has sent. And so Jesus is, is doing the signs so for, for you and I to believe in Him. So He's judging and examining, examining the motives of the people. And he's examining our motives here this morning. Why am I preaching? Why am I up here declaring the gospel? Is it for me or is it for him? You see, we don't want to think like that. We want to think everything we do is right and everything we, all our motives are pure. You know what? They're not always pure. And you're going to meet and you're going to act and you're going to meet people whose motives to coming to you are not pure and they're not going to be right. But God knows the heart. That's why it says, don't trust your heart. Don't trust your heart because your heart will deceive you. <laughs> you know, it's God's message is different from the world. The world says, do whatever your heart tells you. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, the things that go through our hearts, 
It tells us a lot of things. Should we do everything it says? Absolutely not. Why? Because our heart is deceptive, beyond cure. The Bible says in Isaiah, the prophet writes, the heart is desperately wicked and beyond cure. Who can know it? God knows the heart. God examines the heart. He's examining our thoughts, life, our emotions. He's examining all of that. Why are we doing what we're doing? He checks our motives. He's checking your motives. My motive. See, just like the people who came to look for Jesus were not looking for him because uh, of the signs so that they would believe on him as the Messiah, we do the same thing. Many people come to Jesus for what he can give them. Many people come to Jesus, oh Lord, would you please give me this? I need my car, or I need a house, and I need a husband, I need a wife. Lord, fix my marriage. Oh God, my children. Oh, God, uh, are these things bad in, in themselves, in essence, of wanting God to do something on your behalf? No. But it is not the reason we come to him. We come to him because we have believed that he is the son of the living God. We have come to know that he is the Christ. He's the Messiah. He's the one to come. There is there's salvation and no one else given to men by which we must be saved. There is no name under heaven. Only through Jesus Christ. Remember, if we believe this, then we live like this. And we seek him out because of this. And all naturally, as his children, the Father will take care of our needs. The Father knows. He wants us to ask him. He wants us to pray to him. But our coming to him, our, when we come to the Lord, ought to not be, our motivations ought to be to know him and to seek out his will. And God will take care of the rest in our life. And so don't get me wrong, these are, these are wonderful things to do and ask, and we want God to answer, but our motivation for coming to him is not the things that will spoil. He's saying, don't go after things that spoil, but go after the things that are for eternal life. Food, which spoils, but go for food that lasts well to eternal life. What are you chasing? What are you looking to? What do you think is going to fill you right now? What, what are you eating on right now? You think, Pastor, what are you talking about? Man, I'm about to eat some uh, uh, chicken tortillas or whatever. I'm about to do some of that. No, what are you eating on of this world that you think is fulfilling you? That you think is what you need when all that we ever needed is Him? There's nothing in this world greater than Jesus Christ. There is not a thing, there's not a person, there's not a pursuit in your life that's greater than knowing him. See, he's the Messiah. He's the one. He's the one that came to set us free from our sin. He's the one that came to liberate us from the bondage of sin. And Jesus wants to do that in your life. And Jesus wants you as a believer to grow deeper in love with him, to know him, that you may make him known to others. We have come, you know, when, when we realize who he is, we come to understand. You and I will come to understand that Jesus, we, we, we can't do anything apart from him. That in him we live and move and have our being. We start to realize that. We start to come and, and realize this is, look, look, the Lord connects their motives by telling them, hey, don't work for food that spoils but food for endures for eternal life. God is trying to get us to say, hey, 
I know you're coming to me because you want you want to eat again. No, don't do that. Come to me because you believe that I'm the one God sent. And so uh, there are many reasons uh, this happens. And and he and he says something powerful here. He says, uh, for on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. See, when 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 we're looking at this, Jesus isn't saying, hey, just believe in me. No, he's saying, you believe in me. Why? Because God the Father has set his seal of approval on me. Not on anyone else, but me. Listen to this. In 1 John chapter 5, John writes later to, to uh, as he's an, old, an elderly man, writing to the church in his letters, and he writes this. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. And what is that life? Zoe does not have eternal God kind of life, does not have the life that God intended for them to have. Apart from Jesus, there is no life. Apart from Jesus, there's only death. But in Christ, we pass from death to life. Amen? God is bringing us from death to life. Why? Because God said that's the only way to have life through my son. You can't have life by no other means. Matthew 3.17 tells us, And a voice from heaven said, This is my son and whom I love. And with him I am well pleased. If you remember, this is John the Baptist seeing the Spirit of God descending upon Jesus after baptizing him. He says, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You remember when Jesus was transfigured before his disciples, they were, uh, he took them up to the mountain and he transfigured. He, I mean, his glory was seen in front of them and uh, uh, Moses and Elijah were there and they were talking with Jesus and they're seeing this. Peter and John, they're looking and they're watching this magnificent scene, this wonderful, glorious scene of Jesus being, they couldn't even tell because of the glory, the light exuberating from him and and, and how Moses and Elijah were worshiping him and talking with him. And they, and they, and as, as they said, well, Lord, should we make some tents here? And all of a sudden, the Bible says that a, that a, 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 a light, a great light of cloud, and they fell. And, and all of a sudden, they couldn't see anymore Jesus or, or, the, or Moses or Elijah. And after the smoke cleared, this is what the voice said. This is my son, who I am well pleased. Listen to him. And the only one left standing was Jesus Christ. If you wanted them to listen to Moses, he would have left Moses up. If you wanted them to listen to Elijah the prophet, they would have left Elijah up. But Jesus Christ is the one that God has set his seal of approval. And he's the testimony God has given to the world that salvation is found in no one else but Jesus Christ, his son. Amen. Amen? Let's, let's uh, continue. We're going to finish up with uh, this uh, next couple of verses. It says, uh, here in verse 28 and 29. So after they hear all this and Jesus corrects their motives, whew, now they're like, okay, we get it. So they ask him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So the works of God, the works God requires isn't it interesting that when we share the gospel with people and we talk about talk the things of eternal life about Jesus and having faith in him, that things that people begin to bring up, well, you know, I kind of live a good life. 
I try to live a good life. I try to be good. And, you know, I try, I, I, I'm trying to, to do the best I can. You know, I, I, I want to share with you, this is important because just like Jesus has corrected their motives of why you're coming to him, and now all of a sudden they're like, well, what, what kind of works do we need to do? What kind of things do we need to do so that, that we're okay with God? So that God will be pleased with us, right? The, and, and Jesus is, 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 is trying to communicate about this. And, 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 and uh, you know, this week I went to the DMV. I was trying to get my son's plate. And I took my lunch break, got there at 1230, check in. And so, uh, I, I, you know, I'm bald, so I had to get away from the sun because they're not letting you in the building. And you have to stand outside or get in your car or whatever. And I was like, I don't want to sit in my car. I just, I'll stand and just kind of wait. Hopefully, I'll get in the next 20, 30 minutes, whatever, blase, blase. So I'm there. I'm, I go, and I see a, a tree where there's a shade right by in front of the building. And, and there was an elderly guy sitting there. And, I, you know, I come up to him. Hey, how you doing, sir? And, and so with that, it kind of opened up a conversation, and we were talking. And, and little did I know, talking and being friendly with this man, just sharing with him, talking about just life and hearing some of the things he was going through and, and why he was there and Another elderly guy comes up. He was 73, and he, he comes in there, and, you know, he I said, hey, how you doing, sir? And he's like, oh, man, I'm having a terrible day. And I'm like, whoa, what's going on? I thought of being above ground was a good day. And being walking is even a great day. And so, no, he he, he just kind of was sharing some, some challenges he was having with his license and all this kind of stuff. And, and I just listening to them. And so... Going to that, we go into man. Can you tell what's going on in this world and all the bad things that are taking place? You know, there's elderly men. I'm listening to them. I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to hear what God, what, what they're saying, and then I want, and then I interjected the gospel, and I began to declare that uh, that uh, there's there's great news that Jesus came to save us from our sins. Jesus came to give us eternal life, and and and, and regardless of what's happening on this world, we can know that our 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 soul is secure in Jesus Christ. Regardless of what we may see in this world, we can have an assurance in Him. We can have full assurance in knowing our Lord. And yet, what happened? They, they, they were like, "Well, you know, you're right. You know, I, I see what you're saying, and and, and man, uh, you know, I'm trying to live a good life, and and you know, I I don't go to church, but I I kind of live a good life, and I I try to do good." And, you know, I think if everybody do good, we should be all right. And I said, friend, look, the great news is there's nothing good that you can do to earn this salvation. The Bible said this is by grace through faith. This not of yourself. It is a gift of God so that no one can boast. And, and I was saying, you don't have to do anything but believe on Jesus Christ. This is the work of God. This is what Jesus said, didn't he? See, when you think in terms of doing something to earn eternal life, you are seeking now to establish your own righteousness. When you start thinking, well, I'll do this and I'll do that, and then that'll be good when I stand before God. You have sought to establish your own righteousness before God. And we know this, there is no righteousness apart by faith in Jesus Christ. You and I aren't going to be good enough. On your best day, you're a sinner in need of grace. Nothing you do, nothing I do, is good enough to earn salvation, is good enough to earn and merit God's favor. This is a gift that God gave. And we all know the famous verse. What is the gift? In John chapter 3, verse 16, 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have what? Eternal life. God gave. Man can't give because everything we try to do, we keep failing. We try to do right and we try to do good things and next thing you know we're doing something bad. Why? Because it isn't based on what you do or don't do. It's based on what Jesus already did. It's based on what Jesus already did. You know, this isn't new. <laughs> this, was, this is going on where people try to establish their own righteousness or, hey, I'll try to do this or I'll live this way and maybe I'll be, you know, be better and I can, you know. No, no, no. Look what the Apostle Paul writes in Romans uh, chap uh, chapter 9, verses 30 through 32, and he writes this to, uh, uh, concerning the Israelites, okay? But it could be true of us today. Listen, listen to what he writes. What then shall we say? That the Gentiles, that means us who are not Jewish, we weren't, uh, we're not of Jewish descent, Gentiles, people that are not Jewish, right? Who do not pursue righteousness have obtained it? A righteousness that is by faith? But the people of Israel who pursue the law as the way of righteousness have not attained their goal? Why not? Because they pursued it not by faith, but as it were by works. They stumbled over the stumbling stone. He also writes in the next chapter, Since they did not know the righteousness of God and sought to establish their own, they did not, they did not submit to God's righteousness. Christ is the culmination of, of the law, so that there may be righteousness by for everyone who believes. You see, Jesus is the one that fulfilled the law of God. You and I could not fulfill the law of God. We could not keep the Ten Commandments. We could not keep that in ourselves. As much as you try, you're going to at some point dishonor your parents. At some point, you're going to lie. At some point, you're you may steal. At some point in your life, you didn't always keep God first. At some point, you worshiped an idol. The Bible says if you break one commandment, you're guilty of breaking the whole law. You see, what was going on is that there are times in our lives where we begin to say, well, okay, I'm going to do this, and then God will be okay with me. No, 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 no. no. God will be okay with you if you believe on the one he sent. Well, then, uh, then I got to go this other way. Well, okay, so I believe in Jesus, and I just go live on the way I want to live. That's not true understanding of him being Lord. That's not a true understanding of confessing Jesus as Lord and believing that God raised him from the dead. Why? Because when you come to know Jesus, you're different. Why? Because he gives you his spirit. The Bible says that when you, when you repent and believe on him, he gives you the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit begins to change your motivations. The Holy Spirit begins to change the way you think and begins to cause you to want to, to do what pleases God. It, he causes you to learn and to, and to walk in, in the light as he is in the light. The Holy Spirit begins to, to, to lead you and guide you into all truth. That's one of his roles in your life as a Christian. The Holy Spirit is the one that's going to declare to you who Jesus is, and he's going to lead you in that. See, Jesus tells him that the work of God is to believe in the one he sent. And the Holy Spirit is going to be doing that in our lives. He's going to be telling you, hey, believe in Christ. Believe in him. Trust in him. Follow him. This is the message. And he's telling you and me today, the work of God is to believe in him. Listen, I, I read that passage in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. 
It is the gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. <clears throat> you may be a Christian and you may be thinking to yourself, yeah, I know this. This is like the ABCs of Christianity. Right? If that's the case, why aren't you living? If Jesus is the Messiah, if he's the Lord, if he is, he is the son of the living God, then why aren't you living like him? If you claim to know him. If you claim to be a son and daughter of the king. See, you might be saying, well, I want to know, Pastor, deeper things of God. I want to, I want to, I want to go deeper in God. I want to know uh, more and, 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 law, and, and more lofty things in the kingdom of God. Let me remind you of the Apostle Paul's words to the Philippians. Let me remind you of this. This is what he said. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death and so and making him known. He calls us to, to go proclaim and equip people. That ought to be our mission as Christians. Our mission isn't to find the deeper things of God. Our mission is to know Him and to make Him known. And as we walk with Him, the Holy Spirit begins to cause us to grow in our faith and He, and he begins to use us in ways that we would never think. The Holy Spirit will begin to move in your life and you'll begin to, as you, as you actively believe and trust in God, when you pray for someone, God will answer that prayer. Uh, when, when you see someone who is demonically possessed and you lay hands on them, the devil will be driven out of them. Uh, when you lay hands on the sick, they'll recover. The Bible is clear. But this is what we ought to be doing. But uh, all of it comes from one purpose. The sign and the miracle is to declare one thing, that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he is the Son of God. And if anything you're doing today, anything you're seeking after, anything you, is leading you to, to not know, if whatever you are seeking does not lead you to the excellence of knowing Christ, then you are misguided and you have been alienated from Christ and you have fallen away from grace. We are not to be looking at anything else but Him. And we are to seek Him out in our lives and we are to make Him known to people. We look at the scriptures so that we can learn and we can, be, we can see the examples found in the Word of God to help us grow in our faith so that we in turn can make Jesus known to other people. And that way we live. And, and listen, I'm, God is not saying that we don't do anything as Christians. Of course we do. But you don't, you don't put the cart before the horse. You don't do anything to earn God's favor, God's grace, because it's a gift. But as a result of you having the grace of God in you, now you do good works. Why? Because it declares that there's been a transformation in you. You see? Once you know him, he begins to do something, and he changes your heart. He causes you to love your neighbor as you love yourself. 
He causes you to do things that glorify him. Remember, Jesus said, let your light shine before men that they might see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So uh, I'm not saying as Christians we don't do uh, good works, but our works do not save us, and they're not the motivation for us to earn any favor from God because we already have it by faith in Jesus Christ. It's in him alone. It'll always be in him alone. Amen? Let me pray as we end. Father, I, I thank you for your word today. Thank you, Lord, that you remind us that it's all about you. It's all about knowing you. And it'll always be about you. God, forgive us as pastors, as teachers, as Christians, when we have sought other things, when we look to other things that we have forgotten, that it's all about you. God, I pray for my brother, my sister, those who will be listening or watching, and those who are here in this room, that if anything has gotten in the way of, of, of this truth, of pursuing knowing Christ, that they would repent today and that times of refreshing would come from the Lord. Lord, I pray for the person today who, who, who hears the message and, 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 and faith is rising in their heart to believe that you are the Christ, that you are the Son of God, and that salvation can come to them through you. I pray today, God, that they would confess Jesus as Lord. And believe in their hearts that God, you raise them from the dead. And the Bible says that they shall be saved. That no one who comes to God will, uh, in this manner, that God will reject. So, Lord, I thank you that you're doing this work right now. I pray, Holy Spirit, have your way. Minister, move. I pray that whatever we seek, we seek to know you. God, you told us in John 17, this is eternal life. Knowing the only true God and his Son. Jesus Christ, whom he said. And with that, Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you next time.